This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh... And the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. That was not fun. I expected a little bit more from this team uh, in their first primetime game. Not not the best. Um, also, doesn't help that it was a division rival. I think that probably was pretty cathartic for the Lions team and Lions fans. So... I guess good for them. Um, I've been thinking about this game all day. It's been a little less than 24 hours we're recording this. And uh, I have a list of six things that I can point to of why I think this went so horribly wrong. So nothing like a little processing um, <laughs> to get you through your Friday workday. So let's let's hear number one then. Let's just let's just get started. What what went wrong, and then we'll maybe find some things that went right at the very end. Yeah. So well, let's let's we'll we'll break it down. Um. Well, I'm gonna start with the offense because I feel like the defense is actually a lot harder to decipher. I don't know if you feel this way, just because like this offense is new, right? I feel like there were some things, and now I don't think this loss like really necessarily should be attributed to like growing pains because it was just embarrassing from like start to finish however like I give the offense like a little bit more leeway I guess so we'll get to the defense in a second but my number one is that obviously this offensive line got bullied from start to finish um I think the interior offensive line was definitely worse than the tackles but the tackles couldn't really do anything because love had to like back himself up like 10 yards in order to try to attempt to throw the ball. So just all of it, offensive line is probably my number one, just because I feel like when you get bullied that badly, 
at the line of scrimmage, it's a trickle effect to everything else, right? So you have that, you have too many like five, seven step dropbacks for love when he has no time. Like they're they're calling these, and this is like my indictment on Matt LaFleur in this game, which is you're calling these plays, these long developing passing plays when love clearly has no time in the pocket in order for these plays to develop. So I just don't know why, even after like the second three and out, right? Because there was three three and outs to start the game, like one and two, not going well. Second one, maybe let's try some like quick throws or like run the ball, you know, just like so he can get the ball out of his hands before his pocket completely collapses. Third, run game. Either they just like didn't try it or it wasn't there. There was no blocking. But now you're all lopsided and you have to throw the ball because it's third and 19. Um, And the Lions pressure was just really good, right? And they won the line of scrimmage. Um, My last one is (laughs) the coverage was really good. So no one was open. So Love has a collapsing pocket. He's holding onto the ball. He has these five, seven step dropbacks and no time to get the ball out of his hands. And (laughs) no one's open. For him to make something happen so just all around I think like poor line play receivers not getting open I don't think Matt called like a particularly good game you have no run game and your poor quarterback is like completely overwhelmed um and can't even get through his progressions to get the ball out so yeah I mean there's there's key things that the lions did right with all of your points the offensive line tackles are playing better than the guards great inside stunts all of a sudden your edge rushers are spinning into the inside and now instead of going up against rasheed walker they're in royce newman's face and royce newman is on his butt and they are going after jordan love like it was just like problem after problem it was it was a domino effect and that was this entire game we knew the run game was going to be tough sledding the lions hadn't given up 100 yards on the ground all all season we didn't expect the packers to rush for 100 yards but you certainly expected them to put up more than 22 or whatever they ended up with in a game like this aaron jones was back aaron jones i don't think touched the ball until the second half like it's just some real head scratchers and for as much as we've talked about you know like stock down uh aj dillon this season this was not on aj dillon like no, this offensive no, no. line like no nobody was gonna find success last night against against that uh or behind that line yeah um, so I don't know what you do, right? Because you're already on your backups. You're already, I don't know, like have your depth. You can't rush Elton Jenkins back, you know? So I think Matt, if I'm Matt, I'm taking a look at what this Lions pass rush did. And I'm saying, okay, I need to find a counter to this now, because now all of a sudden my offensive line is a weak spot when it was supposed to be its strength. Our pass game was supposed to be the way that we mitigate the fact that the Lions are a very good run defending team and it didn't work. And if you can't run the ball and you can't get the time off to throw the ball, then you're going to see what exactly happened to the backers, which is a lot of punts. Um, So, and again, I'm not putting this game really on anyone in particular. I think it was just an entire offensive side of the ball, like, collapse. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, there's a couple different ways to look at this, too. And there was a tweet uh, Mike Garofolo had said, like, mid-game that it seemed like it was going to be the A.J. Dillon show from a certain point out because uh, Aaron Jones was sitting with a wrap on his leg and probably precautionary. And I had tweeted, like, 
I guess this is the only upside of Thursday night football at this point, because then you can get healthy for week five. And some of the, the responses are valid and fair. People had said like, you can't keep waiting on guys to get healthy. And while that's true, there is a clear talent differential between all pro Jair Alexander and Corey Ballantyne. And I thought, I thought Corey Ballantyne actually p- played pretty well to be quite honest, but yeah, I mean, it, it's really hard to talk about where this team has these deficits knowing that they are this banged up like none of your offensive line at this point maybe one is like a preferred starter josh myers doesn't look the part really you know jrj got hurt like the second play of the game rolled his ankle so as much as you obviously can't wait for these guys to get healthy and you have to find ways to scheme guys open and you know take some pressure off love there is something to be said about not having your full arsenal available and i think that's why it it was kind of a head scratcher to not see Aaron Jones more involved because he was at least available for part of the game on Thursday. And even if he was on a snap count, like you expected him to get more looks than he had. I just, I would have used him earlier, right? Because by the time that you're using Aaron Jones, you're kind of already in a hole. And like, I just don't know if there's an answer really to like, they got 10 plays before it was like 24 to three, you know, it's it's just like, it was a total beat down. And part of me is just like, the Lions are a better team. Like the Lions are just clearly a better team. They're a well-coached team. They were a more physical team. They won at both lines of scrimmage, defense and offense. And like, when you do that and you end up winning the turnover differential, like you're going to win the game. Um, And I, I think this team, oddly enough, and I'll keep like, I'll stick with the offense for now is like, they showed their moments, you know, like they certainly, you know, they persevered through all four quarters for lack of a better word. Like they had almost a chance to, you know, drag themselves out of that hole when it was um, only a 10 point game. Love made some really great throws under pressure they had some big time moments. I'm not going to debate the time clock thing because it happened, um, but it was an amazing pass. You know, Samori Turi comes up with a big one. So, like, I think in the future, you look at this game and you're like, okay, there's some things we could fix from a play calling perspective. There's some things that we can fix from a personnel perspective. Like, those are like tangible things that we can change. And then hopefully, you know, these offensive players are just. I think that was a sentiment after their first loss, which is like, is this going to make you or break you? And I I think they seem like a resilient enough team at this point that they're not going to let this loss break them. And they're going to learn something from it because that's what you're supposed to do in these like early season losses. (laughs) It's like the only thing you can do. Um, But I find it really tough to look at a team come out of the gate in the first half and look like that just like period, even if you are a bunch of rookies, even if you've never played before you. And this is like, like I said, this is not like really growing pains. Like you're still professionals and you should be better prepared. And like, I'm a huge Matt LaFleur stand, but I think all of that kind of ends up falling a little bit on the coach. If your guys don't come out prepared, like that, that's on you. Um, I think back in the day when this team was quarterbacked by Aaron Rodgers. You could put more on him in those big moments because he had played in the league for almost two decades and, you know, he can rally the troops mid game, but it's just not something you're going to see from really anyone on that side of the ball yet, because they're all so young. Um, 
I don't know, just tough, like just a really bad first half and just like four quarters of football. And I think that's, that's really challenging too, because we have said ad nauseum on this show already that like the goal of this season is to evaluate Jordan Love and you're getting a good glimpse at who he is and can he lead drives and can he complete, you know, certain throws and he's looked good. You know, I thought one of the, like at least one of the interceptions was absolutely not on him. It was the right read and it was a miscommunication kind of thing. Like, so anything you get on top of the evaluation of Jordan Love is icing on the cake. Like we've said that this offense, you know, this could be a seven and 10 team. This could be a 10 and seven wildcard team. Like whatever happens, there's a, a main goal and a focus, but it does become int- like there is the question of like, why does this team have some challenges when it comes to like getting up for big moments? And I, I think Matt LaFleur's teams do respond to adversity. I think we put that narrative to bed in yeah. week three against the saints. Like that's not something we need to rehash, but it's a division game. It's at Lambeau field. You know, you're hosting division rival for first place in the NFC North and things just feel flat. And I just like, I don't understand, I guess where that disconnect comes from because the vibe of the locker room all week, like guys were like, Keyshawn Nixon said like, this is going to be a dog fight. Like we completely understand what we're going into. And I don't know if that's just what happens when things run away from you so quickly, but it just felt like nothing was going right. And there was nobody really like, rallying the troops in that moment 